Wait, shit. All right, everybody, welcome back in Couch Guys Sports Podcast, episode 219. As always, presented by, you guessed it, couchguysports.com. Check out the daily blogs, check out all the podcasts besides this great one on the network. Check out our Twitch channel where we have content pretty much every day now, which is a big, big step up for us. Check out the YouTube channel where we have all of our podcasts and a few new podcasts that are going to be coming to the network, which we'll talk about maybe in a few minutes. Alan Hegan here, no Jared Scally. He's living the life of the lake. You know, I kind of wish I could be him right now, but, you know, actually, no, I don't because I'd rather be here. I'd rather be talking sports. I mean, that's great, Jared. Go have fun with your family. But yeah, we're going to, I'll carry the show. Don't worry. It's all good, Jared. I'll handle your responsibilities. Don't worry. It's all good. It's all good. With me as always, fill in host, Diego Galvis. Diego, Diego, before I ask how you're doing, you were a part of the madness last week that happened. Yeah. After listening to that episode and we'll introduce Kevin again in a second, but I don't know if you had any thoughts after that episode because I went back and listened and that episode was just straight up chaos. The only thoughts that I have is the fact that Jones would consider the fact that any human being could possibly reproduce something as ugly as him. That is the only thing that like came out of my mind out of that episode. I'm thinking to myself, <laughs> you got to fuck up real hard in life to get that ugly. That, that, that's, all I, that's all I gotta say. But besides that, I thought it was, the content was great. Uh, you and Maddie B getting upset with each other like a pair of, of teenage, uh, like a teenage couple for the first time. It, like if the guy didn't pay for the movie ticket, like that's uh, you, how upset you, went you got. You way too long with that comparison. If you had just said two teenage girls, you would have nailed it. You went way too long. Like, like no, like honestly, you you guys looked like your typical Peter and Hannah teenage couple going for the first time to the movies and peter forgot to pay for the movie ticket so hannah gets really upset like that's exactly how you guys got and, and then uh, they never the then they never go on another date again yeah the thing is maddie b, maddie b comes back that's the, that's the whole thing he comes back well he has no choice exactly that's the whole point <laughs> <laughs> no but uh, in all honestly though no, i thought that was a great great episode if you haven't checked it out definitely recommend that you do no doubt about it. That episode, you can go back, YouTube channel, Couch Guy Sports on YouTube. It was it was quite the scene. But joining us in the third chair tonight, Kevin Perdios. Kevin has been on the Couch Guy Sports podcast before. If you haven't heard him before, check out his podcast with Matt DeRozier, a.k.a. Matty Kiewum, the High Heat Fantasy Baseball podcast, giving you fantasy baseball content across the network. And Kevin might be in on a second project that's going on at Couch Guy Sports. So, Kev, welcome back to Couch Guy Sports podcast. Want to tell us about that project a little bit? That second project coming up? Yeah, we're um, we're well. First off, thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate being able to get back on here. We love having um, you on. Yeah, so you guys are killing it as always. Um, yeah, the the next podcast. Um, don't want to reveal too much yet because we kind of want to do a little reveal thing, but um, give you the sport of hockey. And this is something I, I, I know mostly for Coach Guy, I'd be writing about baseball. Hockey is a huge passion of mine. Played it all through my childhood. So happy to finally be able to get um, get a podcast out there. And I think I think you guys, it's going to be a good one. We got a good good group of hosts, and I think we're gonna we're gonna take over Coach Guy Sports by storm. I think so. That's a big claim. You're talking to somebody. In Diego, that has one of the biggest followings of any Couch Guy Sports podcast on the <laughs> network. 
So you're you're talking a big game. You better be able to back it up. Otherwise, he's gonna hey. be down your throat like a three-two fastball at the chin. Just saying. Hey, you know what, dude? There's a saying that says, you know, shoot for the moon, and if you miss, you land amongst the stars. So you know what? We're we're shooting for the moon, and I think we can we can back it up. Um, so stay tuned, and you're gonna you're gonna want to stay tuned for sure. Just do me a favor. Stay away from any WEI takes. Oh man, I don't know the last time I listened to WEI. Like, <laughs> I'm not even lying. I walked into I walked into the uh, baseball club that I work at, and they had WEI on. I legitimately turned around to the guy that owns it and was just like, "What are we listening to?" Yeah. Like, these. They, <laughs> so yeah. I, I can. I'm sure we'll be staying away from that. Listen, don't I don't know what you guys are talking about. WEI is just incredible. You haven't heard their takes? I will say I do like Rob Bradford and Nick Pitty Stevens, but that's it. Anyways, yeah. Kevin mentioned shooting for the moon, shooting for the stars. You know who's not shooting for the stars right now? The Boston Celtics. And that's going to segue into our first topic. The Boston Celtics, and we said this last week, and for everybody listening, I'm talking to you, Fiesta. You will be aware that we are talking about the NBA free agency period. Not the off-season stuff <laughs> beforehand. I'm talking about the free agency period. Diego, by that hyena laugh of his, knows exactly what I'm talking about. So we're going to go from there. <laughs> so now... Oh, my God. The Celtics have been linked to former Lakers point guard Dennis Schroeder. The deal apparently is a one-year uh, middle-level exception deal for about $5.9 million. The funny thing about this to me is that Dennis Schroeder left a four-year, $84 million contract extension off the table with the Lakers. And if he signs this deal with the Celtics, which it's looking like he might, he left $78 million on the table. You got to be some kind of idiot to literally let go of $78 million. I don't care about the fit. I don't care about that. If you guys were going between like $120 million and $40 million, you take the $120 million every time, no matter where it was. But is Dennis Schroeder a good fit for the Celtics? I think so, because he gives you a decent score. He gives you a guy that I think are going to compliment the Jays well, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. And he's a guy that after one year, you can get his contract off the books. So that way you set yourself up for 2022 to set up a potential big splash for a guy named Bradley Beal, who you can really use. I don't know, one whispering for that dramatic emphasis. But yeah, Bradley Beal, that's the guy that you want. That's the guy that rumors have been linked to with the Celtics. So if you bring in Schroeder for a year with that mid-level exception, that's fine. Bring him in. Maybe if he does well, you can sign him to a small extension. I don't know. But I would like the move. Kevin, I'm going to go to you first since you're the guest, and then we'll go to uh, the one that can't control his laughter there, Diego. Uh, Kevin, give us your thoughts. Yeah, I, I like the move, right? And I like the move for a one-year deal because, like you said, if this dude left the $40 million for whatever it was on the table from the Lakers, he clearly kind of thinks he's better than he actually is. You know, like he has – there's got to be some type of ego in there. Um, so, you know, one-year one deal is fine for me because I do think we're, they are waiting for that Bradley Beal – esque type of move don't want to pinpoint him but it looks like it's going to be Beal um so I think one year deal is perfect you know a guy a guy averages 26 minutes per game so far in his career 14 points per game as well um averaging 
So, you know, a very good player, like, like you said, Al, to compliment the Jays. And I think that's exactly what they need. And I think, you know, for the most part, really, the giant takeaway is I think Brad Stevens has done a pretty good job at just trying to, you know, let's keep a competitive team on the court and realize that, you know, next year is really when we want to go after it. And I think Schroeder fits in well. The only thing I my concerns is he's looking for that second year player option or there were details on that. I quickly read it while at work today. And um, that concerns me a little bit. I don't think we want to go that second year, but um, on a one-year deal, yeah, I would absolutely get Schroeder. I think he would fit in perfectly and be a great guy, even if it's coming off the bench. You know what I mean? We struggled getting points off the bench last year, and I think that will fill a huge role for us. All right. I like the analysis. Way to do your homework, Kevin. We're proud of you. Diego? Uh, man, I – so so there's two mindsets that I have right now. There's Dennis Schroeder, the player, who obviously is a, it would be a great fit for the Celtics team, brings in a, a fill, fills in a great gap, a point guard that we have right now, even though we have Marcus Smart and we have um, Peyton Pritchard available as well. Like, yeah, he he's a better point guard, in my opinion, between the three. Correct. No problem there. There's a, a big issue that I have with the way that this contract's being worked. Number one, if Dennis Schroeder is to be added onto the Celtics roster. That means that the, the Celtics will have to do a move in order to um, to open room within the roster. You either have to move away from Chris Dunn or Bruno Fernando, or you'll have to cut a bunch of other players to then be able to get that 5.9 million that Dennis Schroeder is supposed to get in, in this deal. My problem with that is all of that trade talk that you did with this three teams and all that stuff goes to crap. Because now you just went like a busy idiot trying to get Chris done for no absolute reason at all. Because now you just got Dennis Schroeder for one year deal. It, it just seems, it seems to me like you took two steps forward and nine steps back. In addition to that. Just real quick, Diego, to your point, I don't think they get rid of Chris Dunn. I think if anything, they would cut guys like Carson Edwards, and Tremont Waters and get rid of those salaries. So that way you can bring Schroeder's salary in. That's just me. I just wanted to throw that out there quick. You still you still need to open a, a little bit more of a gap there because Chris Dunn is getting paid a, a good amount here as well. So therefore, you still have to get rid of Bruno Fernando. You have to get rid of Waters. You have to get rid of probably somebody like Langford, at least. They're, they're not getting rid of Langford. They and, love and, Langford. So, and, and it's a it's a big deal when it comes to the gap to, to the cap. In addition to that. When it, when it comes to Schroeder, I've seen the way that he's developed and he's got a huge attitude problem. We just had to deal with this two years ago. We're really going to go back to this era? We're really going to go back to an era where Jason, where Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown were basically like, F this team. I don't want to play. I don't want to be playing here. This is the attitude that I'm going to be dealing with. Dude, if you're working to get Bradley Beal next year, this is not the way to go about it. I said this last week and I'll say it again. You're really going to spend two, you're really going to spend $5.9 million where you could have gotten somebody like Isaiah Thomas, just an a, a expendable option here, just as a point guard right off the bench, just to fulfill a gap at 2 million. Nothing to risk there. And you don't have to move anybody at all. Nothing. You're literally just having him just service you off of the bench and that's it. That's literally it. 
That's all you want out of him. The dude also just scored about 81 points on uh, on some in the pro am league uh, yeah, in, in the pro am league last night. Like, dude, this is a guy that just wants a chance at two million. Hell, I'm pretty sure that if Isaiah Thomas just got a call right now from Brad Stevens said, "I'll bring you back for 1.5," Thomas would be like, "Do it." You take that, Kevin. Kev, you look like you wanted to say something. Go ahead. Yeah, what I mean, my I guess two things. One, if if Isaiah Thomas was like really that good enough to play, right? Why doesn't he have a job consistently? I agree with that. Why why isn't he playing? So I, again, as a fan, as you know, I I would love Isaiah Thomas to come back here, but we're now, we've been doing this for what, three, four years now. The guy's gone. He's four more years into his, Mm -hmm. you know, he's aging. That ship has to sail. And I think it has. The next point, the more of a question to you guys do you ship Marcus Smart out? If you're gonna get Brad, if you're gonna get Bradley Beal, yes, absolutely. Well, so if Bradley Beal's the plan, right? Do you go with Schroeder? All right, we'll bring in Schroeder, Smart, see ya, because we know we're going Beal next year. What, what I mean, I don't so, know. It, it's a tough. It's a tough situation. I, I I think that if you are to ship out Marcus Smart and you want to make it a juicy deal in order to get Bradley Beal. You keep them this year so that next year when, when you have to trade before free agency, that is part of the deal. And you're not losing a lot. So what if all right. So 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 here's the thing, real quick with that. Bradley Beal is going to be a an unrestricted free agent next year. So if in the if summer the, of next year, right? Right. right. Yeah. So if the wizards keep him and he finishes the year, you're not going to be able to trade for him. He's going to be, he can pick whichever team he wants. What I think the Celtics are doing. This is just me. I think they're not going to get him this offseason, but I think at the trade deadline, wait to see where Washington's at. Because if Washington's out of the playoff picture, they're not going to let Bradley Beal walk for nothing when they can get a few prospects or a few young guys and develop them because they're not letting him walk for nothing. You're going to get probably cheaper. You might be able to get a deal where you don't have to include Marcus Smart, maybe if you play your cards right. But if you trade right now, yes, you have to trade smart. He has to be the centerpiece of a trade for Bradley Beal. There's no question about it because you're not going to trade Jalen Brown because you're just going in a neutral direction. You don't go up. You don't go down. So long story short, trademark is smart if it means bringing in a Bradley Beal. If not, wait till the trade deadline see what happens. Yep. Yeah, I, I think, though, again, I'll finish it up on this note. That's even more of a reason to bring in Schroeder. Right. So you're telling me, all right, we bring him in and at the deadline, say Washington's in the tank. You know what I mean? They, they, they're stinking. Put Schroeder in that deal. That that's a, how do you say no to that? If you're Washington, all right, we'll give you Schroeder and then some prospects or draft picks, whatever, whatever the other deal is. How do you say no to that? You know, how do you say right. no to that? If you're Washington, you, you can't. Right. Exactly. You, you know, you don't want this guy here long-term. Sign him, give him that second year player option. And okay, we're banking on we're either shipping you out at the end of the year, we're shipping you out at the trade deadline. Basic. Correct. So, and that's the thing too. You need to make sure that the deal is the right deal. You don't just want to make a deal for the sake of making a deal. Right. You know, this is the sake where you got to be smart about everything. You have a plan in place. Celtics, diehard Celtics fans realize that. So now it's just Brad Stevens executing it. And if you don't go out in free agency next year and spend and get a couple of big pieces, then you're just setting the Jays back even more. And you're taking a year away from their prime, but we'll see what but, happens. But in a way, this, this whole entire 
commotion about getting Dennis Schroeder and whatnot in, in Celtics world, to me as a fan, it almost feels more like an oh shit moment by Brad Stevens realizing that ah oh, fuck I let go I I let walk away Patty Mills because I got too greedy trying to work something out I let Reggie Reggie Jackson get taken because I got too carried trying to work something out now what is my only options well it's Dennis Schroeder or Isaiah Thomas which one do I bring but now but now right to to combat that now you're getting a guy that was going to get a contract extension worth twenty one million dollars a year for six million. You're getting him for not even for a little bit less than half. That for one year, that's not too bad. No, no, no. For the, I'm not saying for the one year is bad at all. I mean, it's it's five million, but still, if you're gonna get twenty one million, you're basically paying exactly what that other team would have paid for one for one year. Yeah. In, in essence, you are. And then on top of that, you gotta add some incentives for him to want to come back to for him to want to come to Boston. So at the end of the day, you took you're looking you're looking at about five nine maybe even six and a half at this point because of incentives. Yeah. His incentive is that he'll have a job. <laughs> I mean, that's, what, that's, what one, that's what one would say. That's what one would say. But it's Dennis Schroeder. The guy's asking for a lot. We, yeah. We've seen the reports. The guy wants his money, you know, which is else... idiotic because as you, as you just mentioned, he just walked away from 78 million. You know who will never walk away from us? Our friends at Manscaped because summer is here. And believe me when I say this, I don't know if we were all ready to do this, but some of us are ready to unveil our beach bods, right? Kevin, I'm sure you were unveiling that beach bod all summer long. Uh, yeah, debatable, but yeah, we'll go with that. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Well, you're in luck because our friends at Manscaped just launched their fourth generation performance package, which includes a lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right. It's the 4.0. Compliment your summer bod with the trim from the leaders in male grooming. Sun is shining, calling your name, fellas. Join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get ready for hot guys summer by going to manscaped.com and get 20% off and free shipping with the code COUCHGUY20. It's time to bundle up with the Manscaped Performance Package 4.0. Inside this package, you'll find their lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, weed whacker ear and nose hair trimmer, crop preserver ball deodorant, crop reviver toner, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag to hold your goodies. First off, the new Performance Package 4.0 includes the new lawnmower 4.0. This trimmer is insane, and dare I say the goat of ball trimmers? Yeah, you better believe I just said that. Their fourth-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology. Lawnmower 4.0 has a 7,000 RPM motor, a new multifunction on and off switch that can engage a travel lock, and, <clears throat> and gives you the ability to turn the 4,000K LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. Excuse <clears throat> me. Now, I mentioned this trimmer is waterproof, too, in the shower, in the wild, and from your chest pubes all the way down to your ball throw. Lawnmower 4.0 is the best trimmer for you. Want to take your grooming game even further to the next level? Performance Package 4.0 also includes the Weed Whacker to trap your worst weeds up top, in your nose, and in your ears. The Weed Whacker is also waterproof and uses a 9,000 RPM motor-powered 360-degree rotary dual-blade system. This nose and ear hair trimmer provides proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps prevent nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate holes. Steal the deal with Manscaped's liquid formulations. Before heading outside, use Crop Preserver Ball deodorant to keep you on your game in the heat. Then after trimming the lawn and whacking the weeds in the heat, give your beach balls a boost and use the Crop Reviver. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to their Performance Package 4.0, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. Bring your comfort and boxers to the next level. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code COUCHGUY20 
at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code couchguy20 at manscaped.com. Escape the shrubs and weeds this summer and shine with our friends at Manscaped. Next topic, Patriots. We're starting to get closer to the regular season now. So as we're recording on Tuesday, August 10th, about 6.40 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, by the time this comes out, the Patriots will probably have played their first preseason football game against the Washington football team. <laughs> they still don't have a name, but okay. Washington football team. They're a team that surprised some people in the NFC least last year. Yes, I call it the least because it's the worst conference in the NFL. I think we can agree on that. Sorry for all of our Couch Guy fans that are Giants fans and the Cowboys fans as well, but your division stinks. Like, I'm just going to call right out and say it. Your division is horrible. You're playing the Washington football team. You're playing a team that's coached by Ron Rivera, very fundamentally sound, and a lot of people are going to be looking forward to a few things. First of all, how's the defense going to look? Second of all, excuse me, second of all, is Mac Jones going to be playing a lot? Because I don't know if Cam's going to be playing in the first game. Don't know really what's going to happen with, you know, that first preseason game. Usually the backups play a lot in those games. In the second game, you start seeing the starters sort of come in. So I think that's going to be the deal with Cam and with Mac. Kevin, real quick, are you a Cam guy or a Mac guy? I'm a fan of a guy that's able to throw football at the position that requires you to do one thing, and that is to throw football. So I'll, I'll leave that answer up to people to decipher. But if you can't throw a football at the quarterback position, you're at the wrong position or you stink at your job. I, um, I think you just broke Diego's heart. Not at all. <laughs> In fact, you gave it one extra heartbeat. Oh, boy. <laughs> hey, you might want to get that checked. Just saying. But, okay, so that's that's Kevin's very diplomatic answer. We'll give him that. That's a very uh, very well-opinionated answer. We'll, we'll, I like that. So there's a few things that we're looking forward to seeing. I'm looking forward to seeing just how the dynamic of this team is going to be this year. I mean, last year we kind of saw it. the talent wasn't there, a lot of opt-outs, but the defense has been rejuvenated. The offense has been rejuvenated. Offensive line is going to be looking good. The backfield is going to be looking good. I'm excited to watch this game and, you know, watch it and see what happens. I'm not going to overanalyze it, but it's going to be fun. You know, so I don't know if you guys have anything you're looking forward to watching. I don't know if you have anything that you really are looking forward to with this first game, what you really want to, you know, kind of look into. I'll start off with Diego on this one. Diego, what's something that you're looking forward to with this game? I'm looking for both teams to have fun. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, number one, I'm, I'm actually looking to see the tight end scheme of things back into the action of true New England Patriots style offense. Uh, it's something that we didn't see last year. We didn't have tight ends last year at all. I don't care if you consider Ryan Izzo a tight end, and I don't care if you consider Devin Asiasi a tight end. If you consider them a tight end, then you consider me a quarterback. That's how great they were. Secondary to that, um, excited to see the white receiving uh, core added this year. Nelson Aguilar has looked real good in practices from, from when I went to see him, also from the reports that we've seen throughout the media, uh, because sometimes they actually report something truthful. Once, once in their lifetime, they do their job. Uh, Kendrick Bourne has been a great addition to this team. He, he's gelled very well with both quarterbacks, with Mac Jones and Cam Newton, so he's got a great working relationship there. I'm excited to see where Nikhil Harry fits into the scheme of things this year. It seems like he's a rejuvenated 
um, player this year. Far more rejuvenated than he was last year. Where, I mean, simply just even just the the core of the team that was there last year. It, it's not it's not Patriots like. Um, in addition to that, I want to see how this team reacts to finally being able to witness a Patriots attendance in terms of in terms of fans. Yeah. There, so uh, it's a home it was, game. It, that's right. It's a great turnout that they they've had today. Um, I've seen multiple reports, not just from our social media manager at Couch Guy Sports, uh, Matt Burnett, who's been reporting live from, from uh, Gillette Stadium, but also from all the sources. Um, it, it, it's really great to see this whole entire fan base coming back into Gillette and supporting this team no matter what. Uh, the secondary part that I'm most look forward looking uh, to is Kyle Duggar. Kyle Duggar has been a nightmare and a half during training camp for any of the quarterbacks. He's just been unrelentlessly fast. He's been a nightmare in defense for everybody. And he has really managed to get that defense behind him and has really inspired guys like Dante Hightower and all these other guys to elevate their game just to another notch higher than what they have their game at. Uh, so I think realistically, we the the way that the whole entire NFL league looks right now and the way that the teams um, bolster their, their, their whole entire lineups this year. Sure. It seems that the Patriots are probably just middle of the pack, but just do not fall asleep on the Patriots. I think that this year they are a sneaky good team with a lot of options, a lot of great depth and a lot of youth in their team that it's going to play out a significant role when facing teams like, uh, like Tampa Bay, like Green Bay or any, any other team that has a core in between the, the years of 28 to 35 within their players. That's all I can say. All right. Kev? Yeah, I'll make this real, real quick. I'm, my, what I'm looking for is what every, everyone else is looking forward to. What does Mac Jones bring? The guy's going to get reps. The guy's going to be playing. What does he look like? What, how does he respond in game situations? How does he look matching up with the receivers, tight ends, all, all that stuff. Seeing how he just really handles himself in a fast-paced NFL environment. Um, I really do think this is a, a quarterback battle. I know they don't, they don't want to say it. They kind of are like, oh, I don't know. I think it's a battle. I, I'm looking forward to more towards closer to the actual season starting to see really what Cam Newton looks like. Because again, we all know Cam, he's a beast. He's a big dude, right? So he can run the ball for sure. Can he throw a football? That's the, that's the, the aspect with Cam that everyone's like, can he throw this football or not? It looks like he can from all reports. He's looked, looks he, like, he's looked better in training right. camp. He's, he's looked, looked a, a lot, lot better. better. Yes. Yeah. And good. Good. But kind of Diego kind of touched on it. I'm not going to believe into the, like read into all that stuff because they were shoving Jared Stidham down our throat last year on how good this kid is. And how good did that turn out? Right. So I'm not, I'm not believing anything I'm hearing both sides of the aisle, Mac or Cam. I'm going to watch and see what happens and make my own judgment. My own judgment from last year, Cam couldn't throw a football. He is not able to leave that team last year. Maybe he was hurt. Maybe it was a COVID thing. I'm not going to discredit any of that. 
today's their, this year's a new year. Go get them. Show us, prove us wrong because we know what your ceiling is. And if you're, can, if can you, I ask you a question, Kevin? Sure. If Tom Brady was in this team last year, how many completions will he have had to Nikhil Harry, considering how aggravated he was with Nikhil Harry in 2018? Just that, that's the first question I want to ask. It's a fair question. That is a fair okay. question. Because my second, it, it, my, my second question would be if Tom Brady was here, how good would he have connected with Jacoby Myers and Demir Burke, considering that neither one of them were able to get themselves open in most play occasions? It's Tom Brady, man. It's Tom I, Brady. I don't, I, I don't care. How good would that have worked out? Better than it would have with Cam. Better than maybe. it would have with Cam. It's a maybe. You think that he would have utilized the tight ends like Ryan Izzo and Devansiasi? No, because they weren't on the field. Ryan because Izzo maybe. Ryan Izzo because maybe. Because they sucked. So in terms of uh, in terms of offensive line for last year for Kent Newton, I don't care if the guy can't fucking throw. I don't care if the guy can't run. Number one, the guy can run faster than Tom Brady. That's a yes. given. Yes. That's not even a discussion. No. But number two, who the hell do you throw to when you got butter hands, helmet helmet wearing boy that, that can, just can't seem to run a freaking straight line in Jacoby Myers last year and Demir Bird, who was your only option. Oh, and never mind. Julian Edelman, who got hurt after the what, like during the third game against it was Seattle, after the San Francisco game in week six, I'm pretty sure. All right, so let me so Diego, there, gonna, was, there was just no options. And, and I agree. This back at you. I agree. He made a lot of stupid mistakes, a lot of fumbles that that I even I like the Bills one. The Bills one still hurts me a lot because that was a game that we should have won. That was a stupid mistake by me. And I I even said this to Al. You did. Fuck is he doing? You did. But for me to for me to hear this banter that can't you can't throw, name me of one current Alabama Crimson Tide starting quarterback that has done anything good with their career so far this year, except for Jalen Hurts. Oh, okay, okay, Kevin, I want to hear this rebuttal. I want to hear this rebuttal at Diego. It just isn't one. All right, answer me this: What was the Patriots record last year? It sucked. It was seven and nine. Okay, seven and Could nine. Could have been a lot worse. Wait, wait, hold on though. Seven and nine, right? Cam Newton is an ass clown that fumbles the ball in Buffalo. Does Tom Brady fumble that ball? No, but he probably gets okay, injured. Okay, so right there. He probably gets one... injured just by running. Bull, bull. It's Tom Brady, man. It's Tom Brady. He he's not gonna he's not gonna run that ball. He's gonna find maybe a receiver. Right. Or he's gonna he's just probably gonna throw it to the sidelines. Bottom line is he wins that game. He wins that game. Correct. I don't know. I don't oh, know. Stop that. Stop that. that. All right. We'll that move Bills, on. That Bills game was way too close to call. That okay. was a fuck up. That was a real fuck up by Newton. And I'll still say it to this day. That was his whole entire fuck up. He let, know he knows that he should have won that game. Let, let me so, let me ask you something real quick, Diego. Then Kevin, you can get your point in. Yep. The Raiders game on that fourth down when Cam Newton and, and excuse me, Nikhil Harry was open on this play. I remember watching this game specifically. Mm-hmm. If Brady's the quarterback, do you think he hits Nikhil Harry on that fourth down? I think he makes that throw, but Nikhil Harry freaking throws it down. He doesn't catch it. He makes Tom Brady will make the throw for sure. There is no question in my mind. But Nikhil Harry couldn't even catch a dead mosquito in a glass of milk last year. Why is it? Why is it milk? <laughs> yeah, well, well, because the guy clearly needs more calcium in his bones. That piece of crap. So the, we're we're on more than like my take is. Nikhil, they they screwed the pooch on, you know, drafting Nikhil Harry where they did, 100%. 
no yeah. no debating that you know but i do think he is he is better than people give him credit for but he is not as good as he thinks so he is i, so I would agree it's like weird gray area where Nikhil, you do suck but you have a role on this team. I will agree with you there. This year, when I went to the, the two training camp sessions that I went through, I I remember saying this to Maddie. I texted Al as well. I was thoroughly impressed with Nikhil Herrick. I was one of the guys in the, in the, in the uh, bleachers heckling, where's it going to be? Detroit or the Eagles, buddy? Like, the, I, I, I wish the guy had turned around and given me the middle finger. He had just, like, caught, like, 17 passes. But the guy didn't do that. The guy dropped seven, caught 10. Okay, you, you did good. I appreciate it. Thanks for showing the practice. I appreciate it. Now show me what you can do in the season. I think this year he does have far more of that fire that he needed. I think the, the past couple of years, technically speaking, the Patriots haven't really had their hottest offense, per se. I think this year, this is a much better offense. You got... Great tight ends in Hunter Henry, John Smith. You got decent wide receivers in Nelson Aguilar, somebody who can run and is fast and it's a deep threat. Kendrick Bourne, somebody that I think the 49ers, like you said, screwed the pooch on that one and sold themselves shorts because I think this guy's going to be a, a, a great production factor for the New England offense. Now Nikhil Harry has something to fight for. Now, I, now he needs to realize... I need to find my spot in the roster. I need to be good again. How do I find this fire again? And then this year, we'll finally see it. Last year, who was he fighting with? Jacoby Myers and Demir Bird? Dude, you, you guaranteed to start again. And he should have been the number one receiver last year. Should have been. Should have yeah. been that guy. And I still think yeah. Nikhil Harry is going to be traded before the end of, of the preseason. And the, and, the year, and the year before that, not even Tom Brady believed in him. Yeah, so Brady... Did- when, when your quarterback doesn't even believe in your white receiver, that's a what bad kind of confidence sign. do you have? It's a bad sign. That's right, it, it's a big many, problem. Hold on, there's some there's been some pretty high named guys that Tom Brady's put outside of his bubble, like it, you know that. So for a rookie wide receiver coming into a very difficult offense yep. to learn with mm-hmm. a very difficult quarterback, quarterback, yep, he's very like you gotta you gotta catch on, you gotta catch on quick. I oh, that's I agree a lot with that. to take on. So flipping yeah. into year two, right, where Brady finally could, if he was here, might have had the offseason talk with Harry, work with him, whatever it may have been, right? Whatever, there was so much more that could have gone on behind the scenes. They could have put works together. The bottom line is I think we win the Buffalo game and I think we win the Kansas City game. Correct. All right. right. There's, a, there's a big and factor then here. Al brought up the Oakland game. I forgot completely all about that. Yeah, you no, it's a me. it's a fair mistake. But he kills that wide open. Brady hits him. So he's gonna put it here, in his bread basket. Here's I mean, another thing too, Kevin, that I think people often forget too. When Cam Newton was received at New England, there was very little time to get this guy adjusted to a whole new playbook. Consider that you just lost your starting quarterback so for the past. He, whole years right so now not only do you not have training camp to adjust to what you actually have but you also have to adjust at the the speed of of a of snapping the finger hope that everything turns around hope that you can manage to get a good game going in fact i'm pretty sure that when we turn into into week three against seattle people were like you know what fuck it if we lost this game this dude has proven that he can do it then what happens after 
that dude gets freaking COVID-19. That is probably like by far the shittiest luck that has had any player. It could be Russell Wilson, could be Aaron Rodgers. I don't care who Lamar Jackson who had it last year. Yeah, I don't care who my quarterback would have been at the moment at New England. There is nothing you can do to bounce back stronger at that point. Not that so, not that Cam had a great bounce back because he didn't at all. No, but he it's just worse. he got worse as the year went on. But it's just way too many components that, as a matter of fact, the guy just ran with a shit of luck. So I think this year now that he has training camp and actually has had a, a full entire offseason to really gel with this team, if the dude sucks, I'll be the first one to put out on Twitter, dude, why did I buy your jersey? You absolutely suck. But if this year he turns it around, I don't want anybody saying, oh, he's my quarterback now, when you were nowhere there to cheer for him on the silence. So, nowhere there. You're so either now, with the Patriots on the good times and the bad times, or you're just not with it at all. So now, moving on, because this actually does have to do with Cam, Hunter Henry, one of the tight ends the Patriots went out and got in free agency. Sunday afternoon workout, Hunter Henry does something to his shoulder. Oh, Patriots fans. the worst news. Yep, Patriots fans like Diego reacted that way. Hunter yep. Henry's had a bad history with injuries. He's been out for full seasons. He's been out for quarter of the seasons. He's been out every length of time you can think of. Report came out today that the injury is not supposed to be serious. Should be ready for week one against Miami. So I'm just going to ask this, and this is going to be really, really fast. Yep. Are you worried about Hunter Henry? And if you are, on a scale of 1 to 100, how worried are you? I'm a little worried, and by a little, I mean like 5% worried. Otherwise, I think it'll be fine. Kevin? I'm not that worried, and I'm not that worried because of what, one, he is day-to-day, and it sounds like from what Bill said, Bill Belichick said, he's kind of pressing the dude. Oh, it's all about pain management, and, you know, I think he went to Hunter Henry and was like, dude, toughen up. You're playing a contact sport. Get out there and play. We just paid you. So, like, I'm not going to, like, I just paid you money. Are you going to play or are you going to sit on the sidelines and cry yourself to sleep every night? (laughs) Wake up. Let's go. Yeah, we're all banged up. That's football. All right. Figure it out. Get your ass on the field. Let's go. And I think that buys, I think Henry buys into that. You know, I think he wakes up to the challenge. So I'm not, I'm not worried. I think we'll see him. Um, I think we'll see him week one for sure. I think we'll see him before the preseason ends. Diego? I'm not super worried. And I think that if he was to get a long-term entry, there's still a backup plan. People are not talking about another great tight end development in this roster in Troy Fumagalli. The guy is about two pounds lighter than Hunter Henry, but it's got the speed, the agility, and everything that you're looking for inside the pocket that you look for in a tight end. He's got the body build. He's fast, and he makes himself accessible at a quarterback's need. I think this is a guy that people should be talking about, should be excited about seeing development, but we're not talking about it because obviously, I mean, how do you not focus on John Smith and Hunter Henry? Not to fault anybody, but it's a great pick here by, by Bill Belichick, and I think, in fact, could be a high-reward pick here. And on top of that, you got Devin Asiasi now, who is on his second year with the Patriots. Should have adjusted already to the playbook. So you kind of have some options there at tight end. But if you if you do lose Hunter Henry to a long-term entry, you, you're kind of risking it there with the contract that you just gave him. Yep. Couldn't have agreed myself. What you're not risking, though, is when you need to relax, you need to kick back, you need to give yourself a massage. That's when you know 
that you're not in a bad spot because our friends at Exogun, that's right. Couch Guy Sports Podcast is brought to you by our friends at Exogun. If you look like a guy that works out every now and again, have you ever done a workout, feel like you need a massage right after that grueling, intense workout? Absolutely. All right. Well, buddy, let me tell you something. I got something for you. Get the massage without even having to leave your house, Kevin. You can just stay in your room and you can still get a massage. It's the best. Don't let pain and soreness slow you down anymore. Exogun revives muscle, boosts circulation, and releases energy so you can recover faster and live better. Take it wherever you need it, whether that's at work, the gym, the trail, at Gillette Stadium, watching the Patriots with whoever's quarterbacking this year, and put the power of percussion massage treatment in your hands. It's portable, adjustable, powerful, and trusted by the pros to deliver the ultimate in-recovery experience. Percussion therapy boosts muscle function and recovery by penetrating deep into the muscle tissue with a series of rapid, concentrated, pulsating strokes. Gain back control of your body and achieve long-term pain relief with our friends at Exogun. Make sure you're listening up right now or watching. Make sure that you're paying attention. To 10% off. That's right. 10-1-0% off with the code CGS10, CGS10 at checkout. Exogun comes with a charger, so you're always charged and ready to go in a carrying case. So you can carry it with you wherever you may need it. Go get your Exogun today. Treat yourself to a massage at a moment's notice with the promo code cgs 10 CGS10. I mean, look at this thing. This thing is incredible. This thing is absolutely incredible. Turn it on. Boom, it's turned on. Put it up to level one. Put it where you need it. And just feel at ease. She's a great girl when you're wearing your mankini and sitting in the sofa and just going at it. There you go. Get the pulsating strokes going. And we didn't need that visual, man. We did not need that visual. Listen, no. it's, it's, it's Diego. This is the line, Kevin, right here. Diego goes way up here. I love it. I love it. I'm just saying, Exo Gun to the moon. That's all. Yeah, sure you are. Yeah, and Grizzly Adams had a beard. Okay, final Grizzly topic. Adams did have a beard. <laughs> Kevin. Way to pick up that reference. <laughs> Final topic of the night is Diego's eating his McDonald's French fries, which, by the way, he got chicken nuggets beforehand. That, that was a great call by Diego. I'll give him that. Good job. Red Sox. They suck. <laughs> oh, they God. Just, Here we go again. They just stink. <laughs> no, they, they've been struggling. They've lost eight of their last 10. Obviously, they are, I think, someone correct me if I'm wrong. I think they're three and a half out now in the AL East. Is that correct? Mm hmm. Correct. So they're three and a half games out behind the Rays in the AL East. And listen, the Red Sox have a three-game series at home coming up against Tampa. If you don't win two out of three in that series, they're four. They're four games back. Sorry, four games four, back. Four. Okay. Okay. So even worse. So they're four games back. So if you don't win at least two out of three and pick up a game, I don't know, guys, but I think that I think if if you lose two out of three or you get swept this weekend, I think the division is done. I'm not saying playoffs. I'm saying the division. You're you're not making up seven games in about a month and a half with the Yankees. It's just not going to happen. So here's the thing: the Red Sox on Sunday were up seven to two against the Toronto Blue Jays. They lost that game nine to eight. Not great. Not great at all. I guess the, here's my question to you guys. What is the direction of this team that we're, excuse me, that we're going to be seeing the next month, two months or so? Are we going to see the team in the first half that knew how to win baseball games, that was a good baseball team, that knew how to win games, win all sorts of games, close games, blowouts, everything? Or are we going to see more of the team that we've seen lately 
that is inconsistent, that can't put it together with the, with the starting pitching, the relief pitching, and the offense, which one's it going to be? Let you think about it for a second. Diego, I'm going to let you go first because I know I think, Kevin, Kevin's going to have a detailed response, which I love. Go ahead, yeah. Diego. Oh, okay, great. No, I, no, I won't hey, be hey, as hey. detailed. I won't be as detailed. I'll give no. you guys the spark notes, all right? Uh, <laughs> so here we go. The Red Sox. We, we've seen the slump throughout the season already happen. We saw it at the beginning of the season. We got swept by the Orioles, and everyone was like, the Red Sox are the shittiest team in the whole entire league. Guess what? It didn't turn out to be that same way. Second of all, it's a slump that was guaranteed to see to be seen happening. Everyone expected the Red Sox to be like super busy during the during the free agency. Oh, get get Max Scherzer, get everybody else. You know, why don't just bring everybody who's a free agent onto Boston? They will make something happen, guys. It's a farm system. It takes time to build it. Gotta be patient. Gotta be patient. And at worst. Nobody had any hopes for this Red Sox team whatsoever. So what are you bitching about? Well, because we finally had a winning record going into here and we're second place in the AL East? Big whoop. Big freaking whoop. Now, the only thing is this coming into this race series, you finally had a day off. Finally had an opportunity to take a mental break, recharge batteries, re-energize yourself, get that chemistry going again, saying, guys, what do we do here? We need to train real hard today. What do we need to do in order to get back into our winning games? I think today, I don't, I don't expect it to be a blowout. If anything, I think it's going to be a closer game, but it's going to be close enough where we can see the Red Sox re-energized and come back into the second game, potentially win it and go with that same exact energy into game three against the Tampa Bay Rays and actually give them a run for their money. Going into the Orioles season, uh, into the Orioles um, series. Serious. Jesus, I don't even know why season came in the way. Okay. Um, but going into the Orioles season, uh, into the Orioles series, that's one that you got to focus more on because it, it's a team that has caught your weaknesses and that can really exploit them. And if you get back into those weaknesses, whatever chemistry you just bothered building back, for these for this series against the race goes all into the crapper. So I think if anything, this series against the race, I'm not as heavily concerned as I am going into the Orioles one. That's where you need to see this team finally get back into the winning games, get back into into that stride of things. And on top of that, you got somebody in the locker room who's gonna come back to fire you up. That is exactly what you need. The boogeyman will be back on sat- on Saturday. That is exactly what you need. That type of energy. Somebody would be laying the horn on these guys and being like, what the hell are we doing? Either swing a bat or just sit your ass down. That is the type of guy you need right now. Because Cora is sure not, enough not, not doing that. He might be doing that in practice, but he's not doing it at the games. You need somebody to light up that spark one way or another, whether it's, whether it's in a nice way or whether it's in a brutal way, you need it and you need it bad. That's all I got to say for this Red Sox team. As I go into next year, that's where I have more hopes because that's, like I said, like we said last week. We got breaking news. Breaking news. Free agent guard Dennis Schroeder has agreed to a one-year deal with the Boston Celtics. Wow. Dennis Schroeder is officially 
a Celtic. He has announced it on his Instagram account. The deal will be worth the $5.9 million exception. That is the report from one Adrian Wojnarowski. Sorry, I just saw this on Twitter. No, you're good. Had to report it. You're good. That is great news. All right. That is great news. But I think, you know, going back to my point, I think next year is really when we have to focus. Next year, there's a lot better free agents than we had in this in this window that you can actually build a team around, actually bother to waste some money on. I think, in fact, Boston, you're really undervaluing the Kyle Schwarber move here because you are forgetting that dude is just 28 years old. This guy's got a lot of time ahead of him. So let me ask you this real quick, Diego, then we'll get to Kevin. They have three against the Rays, three against the Orioles, six-game homestand coming up. What record do the Red Sox need to have for you to be confident for them going into the rest of the season? I think either I, I think either win four or maybe just go three and three and hope that the Yankees lose one. But the only thing with that three and three, though, is – and another thing about the Yankees, by the way, is, yeah, you load it up on your roster. That's great and all. You load it short-term. You gotta figure out a game plan for longer term. And on top of that, you need to get control of your locker room and find a way to get the pandemic out of your system. Because if you continue to let these guys get COVID, whatever way, shape, or form of performance that these guys got, your whatever money you just spent, do it. You just throw it straight into the, in the dumpster because these guys are not gonna be able to come back the same. I'm hoping that Rizzo comes back okay, and I'm hoping that any other guy that. Um, it's in the Yankees who has gotten COVID comes back. Okay. It's something that you don't wish upon anybody, but you gotta take care of your players as an organization. You're failing them big time. I don't care how good a winning record you have. You're failing them big time. If you do not care about, if you do not care about your players, you don't care about your club. You should be ashamed of yourselves. That's all I got to say about the Yankees. All right, Kevin, you're up and uh, give us that six game homestand record while you're at it. Yeah, they 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 gotta go at least four. They gotta win at least four. If they go five hundred, they're screwed. All right, that that's not gonna solve it. Um, there's a lot to unpack, even with Diego's comments. Right, first off, I had them. I believed in them before the season. You yeah. can go back you on. Did. All right. Yeah, me, I had them here. Me and you on a stream, actually on Twitch, were the only ones that said a ninety winning record. I had them at 95 wins. Yeah. And it yeah. got laughed off the stream. Yeah. Yep. I don't know if they're yeah. going to hit 95 wins, but I, I know what you mean. I, I, I had yeah, them at 91. I had yeah, them at 91. That, that, like that one's stupid. still in play. That one's still I had them at like 93, 95, somewhere yeah. in that, that yeah. area. And and I still believe it. All right. There's there's a lot. Like, I'm not writing writing them off by any means. They're, they're, they're a much better team. They're struggling. Really, why they're struggling is you got to look at three key guys, right? During this stretch, both all three, Xander, JD, and Devers, are all hitting around 250, 260. Mm -hmm. That's your three, four, and five hitters right there. That is not a recipe for success, period, end of story. That, you know, any team is going to struggle. Quickly to jump over the Yankees' point, Yankees just don't have the pitching. They, you know, those moves are great that they made and very questionable of what, you know, why they went in and did it. They don't have the pitching to last in a seven game series. You know what I mean? Like they, it's just not going to, not going to happen. It's not going to last unless they figure something out. I don't see them. I don't see them really getting out of the wild card game or even the ALDS. So um, 
with the with the Red Sox, there's there's I've gone on Twitter and I've gone on different rants. When this team gets hot again and when this team makes a deep postseason run, I tweeted this the other day. Do not thank the front office. Don't give them any credit. They had nothing but to hurt this team. Round the Diamonds podcast comment and be like, they only built this. Wrong. They did not build it. Who did they build this? Who built this team? JD, Xander, Devers, all were, were here before Bloom came in. All right. So John Henry, I want this dude to sell the team so bad. He does yes. not care. Yes. He does not care about this team winning. And and I'm not saying you have to overpay. I'm not saying you have to go out and you know give up give up Duran for Rizzo for I, I'm not saying any of that. Right. But there was something to be said of hey, well, everyone thinks we're overachieving. We put ourselves in first place in the AL East. Come the deadline, halfway through the year, we got 50 something games left. You know, oh, it'd be great if we could go get something. And you do nothing. You get two scrub relief pitchers in, a, in an injury-prone outfield that you're like, oh, we're going to go money ball route on this and teach you how to play first base. What are we doing? Like, Yes, I, I like the Schwarber move. I do. I like it a lot. I think he's going to be – he's going to help. But what are we doing? Like, it deflates a locker room. There's something to be said of that alone. Go make a good move. Go, you know – the Rizzo price alone wasn't that high. They there's comparisons to the whatever there was, the 15th prospect in the Yankees organization was compared to the guy that we shipped out to get Schwarber. It was like it made no sense why we weren't further invested in that. And then the reports come out that we weren't even at the point with the Nationals to get Scherzer of if he would allow it to happen. So it, there's a lot to unpack. I really do think ownership's to blame for this. The front office will kind of take the credit for it because they always do because they're a bunch of money grabbing you know what's. Yeah. And they will the Red Sox will turn this around. Chris Sale's coming back. They'll be okay, right? They are struggling. They're in the slump. It's bad. Matt Barnes is not a closer. You know, I just want to kind of throw that one in there. Don't forget what this guy's done the last two years. Right, two years ago, we we're like, this dude stinks. Yeah. Last year's like, oh great, he's good in a sixty-game season. We just played sixty games. He has to do it one hundred and sixty-two games. Not great. He's he's not there for the closing role. But the Sox are going to turn this around. I'm confident in it. Sale's going to come back. He's going to help. First base is still going to be a hole because Schwarber's not going to learn how to play that. Bottom line, but he will. Shameless plug, if you tuned into High Heat Fantasy Podcast, <laughs> I said this on the podcast, Schwarber's going to find his way into a starting position every day. Outfield, DH, first base once in a while, whatever it may be, he'll be in the lineup five out of the seven days of the week for sure. Um, they, they need to turn it around, man, and they, they, can't, they can't go 500 over these next six games. They've really got to take four. three or four. Yeah, they they gotta they gotta at least they gotta win these next two series. Bottom line, and my they biggest issue of... is the consistency at the batting lineup. Like, you either you either all in on Jaron Durant or you're not. But you can't just continue just flip and flop every time that Bobby Albeck all of a sudden is just like, well, 
the thing, I mean, the thing, I get, I get it, Dominic Zoller. The here, thing with Duran, like, though. But here's the thing with Duran. Like, they, they, in there. <laughs> but the thing is, they they said even when he came up, and Kevin, I think you can attest to this too. That when Duran came up, they said he's going to hit exclusively against righty pitching, barely yeah. against lefties. So they're looking but for the matchup. So. And that's the other thing I kind of broke down. I know Schwarber only has about like 90 at-bats this year against lefties, two home runs. He's hitting like 250 against them. I think they they take that approach of, okay, Duran struggles against righties. I mean, struggles against lefties. We'll put Schwarber in for Duran's spot in the lineup. Something along those lines, I don't think it's a recipe for success. I think um, really when they come back, they're going to try – like I said, move Schwarber all over the place. He may get 20 games at first base. I doubt, I don't think it'll be more than that, but he's going to learn how to use that green monster. And I think that kind of takes the pressure off everyone else. Right. And how inconsistent you said that lineup is, well, Diego, when you're three, four and five hitters are hitting 250, 260, it exposes how no, you gotta yeah you gotta work with what you have I, right I it exposes how you know our, the surrounding cast wasn't that great you mm-hmm. guys got to understand when you take this for lack of a better word money ball approach you're trying to get your investing in utility players and hoping you know we can hide them in seven eight nine right and and that's what they did but it exposes the weakness right there when your best three hitters aren't hitting Good teams have your 789 guys that can pick you up, right? It, it's it's been tough. It, it's, it's been very, it's very tough. It's so, bad that yeah. So so to kind of wrap everything up, gotta go four and two in these next six games at least. That would be great. We'll see what happens. We're gonna wrap up there though. Long discussion with these two great guys. Kevin, appreciate you coming on. Why don't you shout out your podcast and your new Twitter handle? Yeah, so um Every will be recording tomorrow, actually, and probably releasing Thursday mornings. Um, High Heat Fantasy Baseball, or fantasy podcast. We're um, getting off and running. And if your fantasy team is struggling, it probably means you're not watching or listening to our podcast and you have no one to blame but yourself. So <laughs> make sure you turn, tune in there and you can find my much debated baseball takes and now even more hockey takes on Twitter at kperdios p-e-r-d-i-o-s 15 on Twitter then for Diego at Diego underscore the DJ at podcast card for the yellow card podcast at suplex biddies for the suplex biddies podcast Did I get those right yeah love that I'm your host Alan Hegan thank you for watching thank you for listening rate and subscribe everywhere And we'll see you next week. Oh, wait, shit.